Hey, listener, and welcome to We Read It One Night, the podcast where two sisters invite you to join the romance revolution by recapping the books that bring us joy. Last episode, we left off at the beginning of the infamous Pow Mal game, where our enemies nearly become lovers. Listen to the conclusion of Anthony and Kate's love story in part two of our episode on The Viscount Who Loved Me by Julia Quinn. Enjoy the show. Kate, like, invites herself, basically. She's like, oh, do you have room for one more? And they're like, yeah, definitely. Why don't we invite Edwina, too, says Anthony. And she's like, fuck, I can't very well be like, no, don't invite my sister after I just invited myself. And Anthony's like, haha, I can seize the opportunity to fuck with her. I'll I'll go get Edwina. Kate's like, like that. <laughs> and he's like, I'm gonna take my sweet time. And yep. Kate is like constantly like, oh my god, he's like he's gonna take his sweet time. <laughs> he's gonna take his sweet time. And so Kate has no choice but to go with Colin. And they they meet up with Anthony's sister Daphne and her husband Simon, who were the uh, couple from the, the first book in the series. And they're like debating who is gonna get what. What are they? What are they? They called? call it the mallet of death. Mallet, so it's the black yeah. mallet. Yeah. And Kate pick like Aunt Colin's like you're the guest, Kate. You should pick first. And so she picks the black mallet just because she's like whatever. And then he's like, "Ooh, you picked the mallet of death. Everybody's <laughs> gonna be pissed." And I, I don't know. I just think this, this, this like game overall. And obviously, Kate like cackles at that. She's like, "Excellent. Like anything to piss off Anthony." This like game is just like so important because it like shows like how well they fit into each other's families because like family is something that's really important to both of them. The whole like the Pall Mall game, like the whole like MO of it is that they play dirty. The the person who wins is not necessarily the person who like gets to the final wicket at the end. Like it's just the person who like fucks most effectively. And they also like, like they all fight over who gets to set up the wickets and they put them yeah. in like the most obnoxious like on top of a tree root or like right next to the lake. Yeah. And Kate can give as good as she can take. She's like, again, like, again, the same way Anthony is really like the only man that like she can respect. Kate is in many ways the only woman that like Anthony could respect because she's the only one who can like put up with just the absolutely wild like Bridgerton mentality around. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, you know, it'll be hilarious. It'll be just so emasculating and embarrassing. (laughs) Let's hide the purple mallet and make Anthony take the pink mallet. And we'll give Eloisa blue. And so he'll be Edwina. Just like, Her name is Edwina. Edwina. <laughs> I, I, I just like – it's just a – it's I just – it's a – whatever. Wish fulfillment. Yeah. <laughs> Brain to mouth. Yeah. And Eloisa will get blue. And that will be just like so Oh, my God. What? You said Eloisa again. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it should be Eloisa. No. So, they, yeah, they give – Anthony and the pink mallet. And I understand, again, like, this is written early, like, 2000. But pink wasn't a girl's color until the early 20th century. And pink and blue were only established as girls' and boys' colors because of, like, what, surprise, surprise, some, like, fucking marketing scheme to, like, sell people whatever. The same reason we have women's razors. Sure, that. But I think the origin of it – I mean, think about – okay, back in the day especially, and still today, if you have more than one child – that second child is going to be wearing the hand-me-downs, right? And you save so much money. You have to buy like way less clothes, right? Yeah. Previously, first child was a boy. Second child was a girl. No problem, right? Same clothes. Now the marketing geniuses out there figured out, oh, you know, at least like probably 50% of the public is going to have one of each. 
We can sell twice as many clothes. That's where it starts. And then from there on, they get you. No more hand-me-downs for you, sir. (laughs) Yeah. But it just – it doesn't even make sense just in the way that it eventually laid out because pink was – it wasn't even that pink was genderless. Like pink was a masculine color in like the 18th century. Yeah. Like pink in like the early 19th – 18th century, early 19th century, pink was a masculine color. Maybe it's like with with names. Like names – have a strong tendency to go from being completely boys' names to girls' names. People are like, oh, no, like, pink is, like, so girly, like, whatever. But I'm like – but then you have, like, fucking, like, I don't know, Louis Fourteenth divine right of kings <laughs> with, like, his sexy calves, like, wearing pink all over the place and, like, being the most masculine, hottest man ever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just – Sure, sure. Bonkers. But it's the same as, like, Allison, Dana, Ashley. Like, Allison I could go forever. Name. It definitely was. No, it's Scottish. With, with two the L's. diminutive is Alice. I hate to break it to you, Allison, but on the popularity charts from 1880 to 19 about 35 in the U.S., it appears only as a masculine name and then starting up in about 1946. How many L's? Two. Okay. So not my name. That's what I said. I said not two Allison. L's. I didn't say your name. So not, yeah, but I'm saying Allison with one L is a Scottish female name. It's sure. a nickname of Alice. It's French, actually. <laughs> it's French. No, but it was popular in Scotland. It's a Norman French diminutive of Alice. See Alice. It was common in England, Scotland, and France in the Middle Ages and was later revived in England in the 20th century via Scotland. Unlike most other English names ending in son, it is not derived from a surname. Alison. Oh my God. How did we never know this before? Oh my God. For those of you who don't know, do not go on like fucking babynames.com or just like Google what does my name mean. Fuck that. Go to the source. The, the the comprehensive etymology guide behind the name.com. That is where you'll get it. All right. It has everything. It has the actual etymology. It has popularity charts for like as many countries as, as are available. Okay. Well, behind the name just betrayed me by telling me that it was French in origin. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather have the truth? Greek. Dude. What? I don't know. All right. No. Whatever. Whatever. It's old Pink is a girl's color <laughs> at the time of the of this book's taking place. But whatever. Anthony rolls on down and he's waiting for – no, he's waiting for Edwina. And Edwina's super late. And Anthony is like imagining the rest of his life. And he's like, I may come to regret like marrying someone who's like always late because that's actually really fucking annoying. But then he's like, ah, whatever. I'm only living nine more years. Like, who cares? <laughs> Like, Wait, it is really interesting. I don't know how I never knew this before that Allison, the different spellings have different etymologies. They're like have completely different origins. Sorry. That's so interesting. Like how many other names are like that? Jonathan. And John. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, J-O-H-N is not – contrary to what John Wick 2 would have you believe, J-O-H-N is not a nickname for Jonathan. If you want the nickname for Jonathan, it's going to be J-O-N because that's how it's fucking spelled. But John and Jonathan have two completely different origins and histories. Thank you. You're welcome. Continue. Anyway, Anthony realizes <laughs> that he's in no way attracted to Edwina as well. And then they roll on down and they begin the game. And we have violence as foreplay part two because they keep <laughs> violently hitting each other's balls and like trying to sabotage <laughs> each other. And I just in the show, as I was reading this, I realized that like I desperately, desperately need the Pal Mal scene in the show to be like a screwball montage with like the like jaunty <laughs> piano music playing in the background. You know what I'm talking about? Like, and everyone's like, like sped up and like running around like, like oh yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? The screwball, like the 1920 screwball comedy of like jaunty like montage of like everyone like moving around and like 
getting into like physical comedy gags like that's what I want I don't think that's what we're gonna get but like I desperately want that because <laughs> uh, that's basically what this is yeah so after Anthony like screws over Kate by like getting her ball way out of the way she brings it home by kicking his ball into the lake which is just like immediate end game you win it's over yeah. But she tag teams it with Colin because Colin knocks mm. Anthony's ball toward Kate. And Kate mm-hmm. is like, I'm not going to win anyway. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I see my opportunity. Yeah. So Anthony is, like, furious, obviously, but resists pushing her in the lake. And then they're all about to leave. But Edwina's like, aren't you going to get the ball out of the lake? Like, you you told me that you already, like, lost one ball. Like, why would you want your set to get even smaller? Like, it's probably not even that far in. Like, you could easily just get it. And Anthony's like, grr, like, fine, I'll have to do it for Edwina. She's like, she's like, fine, if no one else will do it, I'll do it. And he's like, well, I can't have that. So <laughs> he, like, takes off his – no, he doesn't even take off his socks and shoes. Or, yeah, he does. He does. He ta- he's like, my boots already got ruined once from, mm-hmm. like, the time Newton got, got me all wet. So, like, I'm not going to do it again. Yeah, yeah. And then Kate comes down to, like, check on him. And I forget why, but it's like Anthony was suddenly gripped, but gripped by the most insane desire to see her toes. <laughs> Like Anthony has like a we've foot said this fetish, before, foot fetish, confirmed. immediate. Like, there's, yeah, no, <laughs> uh, I totally missed that. I remember that line, but I totally missed it this time. I forget like how the context comes yeah. up. Maybe she's like, Oh, should I come in with you or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, All right, let's go like back. And then they realize that everyone else has left without them, so they have to walk back by themselves. Yeah. And-, <laughs> and Anthony, this whole time, was like, It was so weird. Like, I spent the whole pow mal game staring at kate like i don't know why i don't understand like why i was like watching her the whole time and then yeah. he also like asks her he's like do you still hate me and then she's she doesn't answer but like essentially like the answer is no and then he's also like why do i care so much about her opinion i don't understand what is this what are these feelings like i don't yeah what? it's like this <laughs> this whole thing where he's like oh the reason I must have like not noticed that Wina is because I was just like so engrossed in the game. But like, oh, why was I looking at Kate then? He was like, hang on. I was not engrossed enough in the game to not stare at Kate, even though right. I was engrossed enough in the game. I was engrossed, <laughs> too engrossed in Kate to stare at Edwina. Right. And I'm like, that's because you love her, you dummy. Yeah. And it was actually, I forget whether it's at the end of the book in the epilogue or the seven ep- second epilogue, but at one point, Anthony does explicitly think the Pal Mal game was when I fell in love with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, you, he's like, what? what is this feeling so sudden and new? <laughs> And it's obvious because as they're walking back, he's like whistling and like stealing glances at her when she's not looking. <laughs> he's so, <laughs> so cute. He's just like a little – he's a little boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they like – oh, so okay. So he's like – he has come to the realization that he – cares about what she thinks about him and he needs to know if she still hates him and so he spends the majority of this walk like scheming in his head how to ask her this without while still seeming cool and without (laughs) giving away that he actually cares you can't tell a girl you like her it makes you look like an idiot (laughs) and he he they stop and He's like, oh, can I ask you a question? The expression in her eyes, a little bit curious, a little bit furious. I was like, nice. I love a good rhyme. Um, (laughs) Good one, Julia. Good good one. one. (laughs) Yeah. And she 
how does he phrase it? He's just like, he's like, I have a question for you. He's like, you have to answer. You owe me a boon for like knocking mm, my yeah, yeah, ball yeah. into the lake. And Kate is like, fine. And then we have another like similar Twilight moment in which a character promises something and then is like, oh, I shouldn't have promised that. And then like just, just doesn't consider once like just like going back on their like completely right. arbitrary promise. But so Kate is like, oh, fine. He's like, do you still hate me? And she doesn't answer him. But he's like, I thought not. Yeah. And he's just like on fucking cloud nine. He just like skips away. He's like, woohoo. The girl I definitely don't have a crush on <laughs> doesn't hate me anymore. I yep. just expect her to like at one point like have her hair and pigtails and him to like just pull on them at one point. Yeah. Like, that's Anthony right now. <laughs> and he's like, all right, let's go back inside. And she's like too stunned to move for some reason. Like he's The woman was too stunned to speak. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I get it. You like the outdoors. See you later. And then actually like ditches her, which is kind of rude, but whatever. Well, they're like right outside the house. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, so Kate's like, something's changed. There's something there that wasn't there before. And she's like, <laughs> so shook. She goes back inside and she's like waiting for Marion and Weena to be ready, but they like take forever. So she like goes down to the hallway somehow and runs into Penelope Featherington. Ooh. And they're like friends, even though this is really the only interaction we get with them. Well, we did get, oh, well, we did get, um, Earlier, when I was talking about Lady Whistledown, mm-hmm. um, it was talking about Lady Whistledown compared Kate wore like a yellow dress, and Lady Whistledown compared her to like a singed daffodil. And Kate's like, "Finally, I'll have something to say every time Penelope Featherington brings up being compared to like a lemon or like whatever she was yeah. compared to." Like, I, yeah, she's like, it's become like a mark of pride. Like it's like a compliment to be yeah. insulted by Lady Whistledown. Yeah. Are we gonna? Are we gonna? No, no. Okay, we All will right. when we talk about the show. But I don't think we should do this now. So Kate and Penelope. Are like, all right, we'll go down to, to dinner together because, you know, both of our families are being slow. And so they're like chatting, they're bonding. Oh, wait. Sorry. No, I just wanted to say before Penelope, because Penelope, this is her second season out, even though mm-hmm. she's like Edwina's age. And she's like, it, it sucked that I was out last season um, because I was like fatter then. She's like, I've lost two stones since then. For those of you not in the know about arbitrary British measuring system, <laughs> a stone is about 14 pounds. And I know pounds are also arbitrary, but I don't know how I don't know how many kilograms it is. I'm sorry. I'll tell you. So Penelope has lost like 30 pounds. Two stone is about 14 kilograms. Okay. So Penelope has lost approximately 30 pounds or 14 kilograms. And I just don't. I mean, she's still supposed to be like chubby, but I just like. And again, like again, Julia Quinn's writing this in like the early 2000s at like the peak of diet culture when you could literally write a book called like how not to be fat and ugly and get a man and it could be a New York Times bestseller. And and pitch to like 12 year olds. Yeah, no. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So like I understand like product of its time and like whatever, like people are allowed to lose weight and not be shamed for it. Like it's not inherently like anti-body positive, but I'm also just like in terms of like this being written in the Regency era, and this is this is one thing that like I still haven't gotten past when it comes to historicals when heroines who are like chubby are like, oh, it's so bad. Like only the slender girls get like right. get the men, and I'm like in the Regency era. Yeah, I mean, yes, you know, there was a certain ideal like body shape, but like the ladies needed to have like 
having chub having fat right. was like viewed as a good like a status symbol like it was good it was a good thing the like super skinny model thing didn't come around until the end of like the 20th yeah. century and there's always like half-assed attempts like here like kate is like she's described as like oh her lips are too full for it to be fashionable <laughs> which like obviously today that would not be a problem but like yeah. okay like sure but like it's always things like that that are like it's always it's only the things that are like good looking today, but like would yeah. have been not good looking back then. It's never the things that were like good looking then, but like you know, shame today. Yeah, right. Because if you were if someone actually good looking in the Regency era, like looks like fucking Jane from nineteen ninety five Pride and Prejudice, and I'm not dunking on that actor, but like she definitely wouldn't be considered like mega hot by any of our modern standards. standards. Yeah, it's like the Grecian, like the Roman, like profile, which is not right. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's just like one of the things that like consistently like just irks me a little bit and like all historicals and it's still a thing that happens of like or even like I saw someone talking about online about how um in like alien romances they're like I'm always so annoyed when like the girl comes and like yes she's I guess technically ugly by alien terms but she's like <laughs> definitely like hot by like all earth things they're right. like they're like i'm annoyed when you like when it's like a human like living on an alien planet and she's like i'm so ugly like i'm i i just don't stick out because i don't have a tail or like whatever yeah but it's like the description of her is like okay so she's actually just like fucking conventionally attractive and you just wanted to like write the quote-unquote like ugly heroine trope without actually making an ugly heroine right like why is it never someone who's unconventionally who's conventionally unattractive by earth standards yeah. but like is magically super hot by alien yeah. standards. <laughs> like, listen, give me give me heroines with like big noses and like frizzy hair and like crooked teeth. Like, come on. <laughs> like, yeah, don't just me, be like, like don't just be like my lips have natural lip filler and like, oh, therefore no, I'm hideous. Like, yeah. okay. And listen, again, I want to say anyone with like a big nose or like whatever, any of those things I said, you're beautiful. <laughs> this is not me saying that those things are ugly. I'm just saying society in general views those things as conventionally unattractive. So like yeah, basically, I just want heroines who are like actually ugly. I also want heroes. Like, I want some heroes with dad bods. I know romance is a little bit of like wish fulfillment, but like, I want heroes with dad bods sometimes. Anthony is no ape le- leading Amazon. He's only six one. So, oh my god. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So Kate and Penelope are bonding. Oh yeah, and so Penelope is talking about how hard it was for her last season, and it's like better now, but she still doesn't really like it. And especially this one bitch, Cressida Cowper. Yeah, Cressida Cowper. Penelope like accidentally made her like spill a drink or something like, and Cressida blames that on some guy not proposing to her. Yeah, which they did actually incorporate into the show. Did they? Yeah, there's like, I mean, it's not like the Duke, it's like Colin. Or no, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I'm wrong. In the show, Cressida spills her drink on Penelope. Mm-hmm. And Colin so is like, mean. fuck so, you, bitch, let's dance, Penelope. Yeah, so Cressida is like a bully. Cressida comes over and she starts like dunking on Penelope. She's like, oh, yeah, like it's so good that you're not like as ugly anymore, even though you're still ugly, like whatever. And she calls over this like guy to like be like, oh, doesn't Penelope look so pretty? And he's like, no. Like there's there's like there's just like classic late. middle school like nonsense. Well, it's not it's not even sophisticated enough to be like middle school. Like it's not even like okay, it's, it's high too school o- yeah. yeah, it's too obvious. Um, <laughs> and so they're just like chatting when Anthony comes over, and he's like, 
hello to Kate and Penelope. But when Cressida says hello, he gives her the cut direct, which if you're not aware, that just means like looking at someone and pretending like they're not even there and you've never met them in your life and you can't And like specifically like turning your back. Like there's like a physical component. You just like turn your back to them. You're like, not today, bitch. Right. Super embarrassing for Cressida. Yeah. (laughs) And Anthony is like, Penelope, would you walk into dinner with me? Which is like a big deal because normally, you know, he's the head of the house. So – and he's like the host. So he'd normally be walking in with like the highest social standing lady. Which is not actually a thing in the Regency era. The whole no. like walking in a specific order according to rank sure, into though? dinner didn't become a thing until the Victorian era. So this well, is like – this mm. is only like 15, 20 years too early. Wait. But I thought – isn't Pride and Prejudice actually – there's like debate about whether it's actually set like a little bit earlier in the Regency era, right? Do they walk in in specific they, order? Because Lydia is like, Jane, I, no, I no, must no, go no, first because no, no, I'm a married woman. Jane, you go lower. That's sitting at the table. I'm specifically – I'm not talking about sitting at the table because that wasn't like – you did have certain positions Mm-mm. I think sitting it was at the table. In. I'm talking about walking into dinner in order of rank didn't become like a big thing until the Victorian era. I thought – The same way dance cards weren't a thing until the Victorian era, but there are dance cards in this book. No, Jane – they're they're passing no no they're passing through the hall to the dining parlor she then joined them soon enough to see lydia with anxious parade walk up to her mother's right hand and hear her say to her eldest sister ah jane i take your place now and you must go lower because i'm a married woman that's no they're walking into the dining parlor they're at the table at her mother's right hand is at the table oh i guess okay yeah fine I'm just saying the so they walking just it more. <laughs> but it's the same thing as the dance cards. Like dance cards were also – they didn't have paper. Paper was way too expensive for people <laughs> to have dance cards every night. They made it more in extra. In the Regency era. Yeah. So that was like a Victorian era thing. So it's sure. like not super inaccurate, but it's like it's like 20 years too early at least. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I guess it's simultaneously more extra, but also like at least you get to get into line earlier. So it's like harder to fuck up, I guess, <laughs> once you get into the table. Sure. So Kate's like – you know, she's like, oh, well, he's like a total jerk, but like that was really nice of him to do. Like to he's stand a up for Penelope. Hero. Yeah. <laughs> okay. She's describing it to Edwina later. She's like, he was a hero. <laughs> and I understand that Kate needs to start seeing Anthony in a good light. And like that's why this thing with Penelope is necessary. But he's still admitted to never <laughs> loving, to like never gonna be loving her sister despite wanting to marry her. However, I do like that like ultimately over the course of the book like it's anthony who has to change like anthony has to like really like show like grovel almost through his i'm not like fully grovel but like grovel through his actions like he has to like really make the big effort whereas kate mm-hmm. the only thing she really has to unlearn is like her like pre- her pride and prejudice mm-hmm. um against anthony but like her personality still like generally stays the same whereas anthony sort of has to have the big shift mm-hmm and kind of in a parallel to the Anthony being able to smell Kate from across the room, <laughs> Kate's like, I could sense him across the room the whole night. I love it. Yeah. So the next morning, it's like raining, I guess. Or no, it's not raining. It's finally not raining anymore because it had rained the night before, right? Oh, no, no, no. Tonight no, it's raining. No, this is the thunderstorm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. So at Pall Mall game, they were all like, oh, it looks like rain. It's going to rain tonight. Mm-hmm. And now this evening, there is a thunderstorm. And Kate, my friends, if you thought the bee thing was silly, <laughs> get ready for Kate being afraid of thunderstorms. And it's not that it's inherently silly to be afraid of thunderstorms. It's just like – honestly, it felt less ridiculous the second the second time I read yeah. it. But the first time I was like, this is just so like – yeah. Uh, well, I demon, think I don't know. Yeah. It's int- I think it's interesting. The thing that I realize now is like both Kate and Anthony like have these seemingly childish fears 
you know, these fears that we traditionally associate with kids that -hmm. are both rooted in their childhood trauma. So like Anthony's fear of bees is like obviously rooted in like his dad dying. But then Kate, we learn later, like Kate's fear of thunderstorms is like her mom died during a thunderstorm. There's this whole dramatic scene with that. And like, that's why she has this like trauma with thunderstorms, but like she doesn't remember it. So they both have these like childish, this like childhood trauma. And so it lends like, it like helps counteract the silly, the like surface level silliness. Mm -hmm. So Kate does not have a good time in thunderstorms. And her, Mary and her dad used to know about it when she was little. And used to like comfort her through it. But as she got older, she was like embarrassed and started hiding it. So no one in her family knows that she still has a problem with this. So oh, she so she wakes up, she's like, she's like, I'm never gonna or she doesn't wake up. She's laying in bed, she can't fall asleep because she's thinking about Anthony. And she's like, All right, I might as well like go to go to the library and get a book if I'm not gonna be able to sleep. So she goes to the library and she's like debating what to get when the thunder and lightning start in earnest. And she immediately starts having a panic attack. She's like on the floor, like curled up, like fetal position. And Anthony was like, I'm I'm not tired. I'm going to stay up and do my books. And he's like just gotten done with that when he walks by the library and sees a candle still burning. And he's like, oh my gosh, these house guests are so irresponsible. Don't they realize that books are flammable? These idiots. So he goes in to turn off the candle when he notices Kate. Kate's under the desk. She's freaking out. She's not a fan. Anthony crawls on – no, I don't know whether the desk. She's under a table or something. They they like to be under things in this book. And yet there is not one like closet makeout scene. Again, missed opportunity, I think. Mm-hmm. But Anthony comforts her and they like have a little bonding moment and they talk about their parents and how they both have a dead parent. Um, and like Kate is like, yeah, but I love Mary. Like she's my own mom. And they, you know, they both like talk about how they feel like they have to – be strong for their families and like take care of their families and like how they have to shoulder that burden like you know they just like bond they have like very similar traumas Mm -hmm. and like mindsets or whatever and yeah I don't know I just think it's like very important for them to be friends first like Mm -hmm. more so than like necessarily in other historicals because I feel like in historicals it's usually like you know immediately fuck this is sexual tension but like in this one in particular and i guess in like most enemies to lovers i feel like it's like important for like them to have a level of respect for each other first that's like outside of having the hots Mm -hmm. and after this because anthony has been so good kate decides that she can no longer stand in the way of edwina's marriage to anthony and so she's gonna give him her permission and i'm like she's like it would be selfish of me to like continue standing in the way and i'm like no bitch you know what's selfish letting your sibling marry someone who you're into and also who you have kissed yeah no like both of them have this like such like they just like martyr themselves constantly for their siblings and i'm like get over yourselves you dummies like this is why you're perfect for each other like (laughs) just both have your heads of each other's asses yeah seriously i mean it really it really is a real enemies to lovers because so many times I'm like, wow, Anthony, I'm like really don't even like how disdainful – like he's just like so disdainful of her. And I know that like it's supposed to be him like fighting his true feelings, but like it really just does feel like he's – I don't know. Yeah. I don't love it. Yeah. I mean she is like openly mean, mean to him like from the get-go. <laughs> from I don't the know. like very first time they enter. She's like shit-talking him to, her, to his brother before she's even met him. But he deserves it. But like why? <laughs> because he's a slut? Like – why are you slut shaming Anthony, Kate? Because like, he's what is he going actually after done? A seventeen-year-old. 
Okay, but she doesn't act. That's not the problem she has. I'm just saying, like, Kate is like, I recognize that Anthony is a big dick, but like, Kate is like mean to him, like, from the get go. Like, there's, there's never a point in which she, like, gives him the benefit of the doubt. I guess. Whatever. So, Kate is walking in the garden. She's being angsty the next, yeah. the the next, next morning. morning. It's sunny. Anthony sees her again <laughs> walking <laughs> through the, the window. And he's like, I must go. It gives very <laughs> strong um, 2005 Pride and Prejudice proposal vibes. Because it's yes. like early morning. He, she's like and out mist. in the field. He like goes out to like find her. Yeah. Misty. Yeah. Like, And I, I can't for the life of me remember exactly what I was thinking about when I wrote this down. But Anthony is like – I don't know. He's thinking about how him and Kate bonded and how how he like I think how he like shared his fears and like things with Kate that he like hasn't shared with anyone and how he was like, wow, that's like it's almost like talking to people and like <laughs> developing like mutually beneficial relationships is like a positive for like my mental and emotional health. It's insane. And for some reason, all I could think of and I wish I could remember the exact line that triggered me thinking this, but um, you know, that goat meme um, where the quote <laughs> If we want the rewards of being loved, we must submit to the mortifying ideal of being I, ordeal of being known. And how that's meme. like okay, so that quote, <laughs> it's such like a profound quote. It sounds like something sure. from like something, but it's actually from this like New York Times like op-ed piece <laughs> in which this guy was like, I was accidentally see I had like I've been raising goats and I sent out an email to like all my colleagues, like share with them about my goats. And then I was accidentally (laughs) CC'd on an email that someone sent someone else making fun of me and my goats. And then he says like, if you want, if we want the rewards of being loved, we must submit to the mortifying ordeal of being known. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I'm like, that's just basically Anthony right now. Oh, it's so mean. Yeah, I know. I felt so bad for the goat man. But yeah, Anthony's like, goats. Anthony, I must be emotionally vulnerable in order to have healthy relationship. What? Like, does not compute. Yeah. But he still, like, won't admit he's in love with Kate. But he's still like, oh, I have to marry, like, everything about her is absolutely wrong for my wife candidate. And this just brings me back, like, if he won't admit he's in love with her, why isn't she an equally good wife candidate? Like, she's good looking, smart. Because he, he won't he, fall in love admits, with her, supposedly. No, he admits that he could fall in love with her. That's the thing. He's like, there's that spark with Kate that doesn't exist with other women. And despite the fact that he's still ignoring his feelings, Kate officially gives her permission mm-hmm. to Anthony to marry Edwina. And Anthony, like, despite having been gunning for this for, like, the last month, <laughs> is so pissed. He's like, how dare she? Rude. Like, God, that's what how what the heck i that's not that's not what i want at all like how can she not read my mind but he's still like i guess like i do have to marry edwina but then fate intervenes in the form of a bee (laughs) a bee (laughs) i hope it's any of the sentient bees from the bee movie because it's gonna end up dead but it's a bee Wait, no, I was thinking about that. It's like super fucked. It does not make sense evolutionarily. Is that a, is that how you say that? Is that a word? Yeah. It doesn't make sense by le- evolution standards that bees would fucking die after singing. It after makes stinging. sense. Like what? From the context of like they're all clones and they all just exist to protect the hive, protect the queen. I don't know why they have to die, but maybe that was just like the cheapest way to like evolve like that, you know? I'm like maybe wasps there was don't just- die. Right, but maybe like wasps aren't as much like that, you know? Like from the bee perspective, I guess like 
for whatever reason, their genes were like the best way for us to propagate is to keep the queen safe. And it was like costly. There was no pressure or costly, you know, it was costlier to have them survive. So it was just like, you know what? Why create a mechanism whereby the intestines are not connected to the stinger? We'll just have it all be <laughs> one big piece because <laughs> it doesn't matter if the individual bee dies. Yes. So um, also – We've once again adding to the Bridgerton canon. This bee is not one of the sentient bees from the bee movie, so rest assured, um, <laughs> it is just a regular bee. <laughs> this bee is not Jerry Seinfeld, which is part. I just remember like it's part of the theme song for the show, and it's like this like happy. Of what there's show? Like, a- Bridgerton. Oh, series, yeah. Remember? I thought you were talking about Seinfeld. I was like, there's a bee in Seinfeld. What did you say about Seinfeld? Jerry Seinfeld is is the bee in Bee Movie. Oh, Jerry really? Seinfeld oh, created the Bee Movie. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of the, the the Bridgerton show. Oh my god, what if? Wait, what if in season two they had a talking bee and it was just Jerry oh, Seinfeld when it died? They just had like a fucking <laughs> the bee who'd been like watching. This is like his form of entertainment. He's the like, bee right, becomes time to get together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a twist! <laughs> so there's a bee. And Kate's like, oh, there's a bee, like, whatever, stop distracting me. Wait, and what were you saying? Like, you were saying something about the Bridgerton theme song. Oh, I just feel like it's supposed to be, like, happy-go-lucky and just, like, a fun, like, spring scene. But, like, really, it's, is it a threat? Like, it's it's how the father died. <laughs> like, and No, but they constantly, like, even the costuming of the show has, like, like all of the Bridgertons, like, Anthony oh, yeah. particularly is constantly having, like, bees embroidered into his, like, shirts. <laughs> and, like, there's, like, constant bee motifs everywhere. And I'm like, this is just – seems very dark. I was like, I don't think this is given the message that you guys think it does. <laughs> like, no. the bees are murderers, according to the Bridgerton The message is that family. we like, imbibe that which weakens us and it makes us Yeah, maybe it's, like, keep your enemies close. Yeah. Like, keep your enemies close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, the bee is the mortal enemy of Bridgerton House. Yeah. <laughs> So they like purposely put out and Anthony. Oh, Anthony does he he does think when the bee appears how he <laughs> how he's like yeah I constantly was like like sometimes I just like put myself near bees to like tempt. <laughs> <laughs> I like to live on the edge. I mean, it's like putting like a dragon on your family crest or something like because you're, you're yeah a dragon ate your granddaddy so. <laughs> Um, yeah. So Kate's like, whatever. Like, I've been stung before. It's not a big deal. She's she's specifically has been stung multiple times. So we know there's no chance of her having an allergic reaction. No, it could appear anytime. It's just like, yeah, whatever. Um, and he's like, stop, stop, don't move, don't move. And she's like, chill, like, get away from me. And he's like, no, don't move. And then he's like flustering the bee so much that it ends up like stinging her on the boob. But, like, not really on right the boob. Right above her boob. Like, right below I her like, collarbone. Yeah. Like, but on the boob. <laughs> he's like, I need to suck out the venom, which for the record does not work. <laughs> Forget what episode we said that is. Twilight. Absolutely- Twilight. Yeah. Because it doesn't work in Twilight. It doesn't work in snake lore. It certainly doesn't work for bee venom, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure is, like goes in like subcutaneously. Like it doesn't even like, go into your fucking veins. But whatever. Because well, Anthony, he pulls out the ven- He pulls out the stinger and he's yeah. like, no, it's still red. It's swollen. I must suck the venom out. <laughs> And as he's like sucking on her, what looks like her boob, around round the corner come Mary, Mrs. Bridgerton, and the coup de gras, Lady Mrs. Bridgerton, Lady Bridgerton, and the coup de gras, Mrs. Featherington, who is <laughs> number one gossip queen after Lady Whistledown at this point. <laughs> 
then they're immediately like, well, obviously Violet and Mary are ready to like let it slide. But Mrs. Featherington is like, they have to get married. And Kate's like, no, we don't. And she's like, you have to or else I will tell everyone. And Anthony's like, I will fuck you up if you tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) But Mrs. Featherington is like, Lud, girl, he has his mouth in, on your boobies, and we all saw it. <laughs> and what did you like the bubbies, like on your bubbies? And I'm like, is Mrs. Featherington like a Jewish grandmother from like the Bronx? Like, like I don't understand. From like 1990, like what? <laughs> like, is this the yeah. nanny? Like yeah, I don't get what? it. <laughs> So they, they're like, they're like, you're in full view of the house. So even if we all agree not to talk, someone still could have seen you. Yeah. So you yeah, have yeah. to get married. And Kate is very much like, no, absolutely not. And Anthony on the outside is like, well, this sucks. But like, I guess like, well, we have to marry because like we're people of honor. But Anthony on the inside is like cackling like the evil bald mm-hmm. dude from like Austin Powers. But like in a nice way, he's like, I'm also imagining like Jim Carrey just like smiling <laughs> like Grinch or not Grinch. Like just generally Anthony's like, well, if I have to, but this also fucking rocks. But like, I'm definitely not going to fall in love with her. But like, maybe I'm already in love with her. Like, I don't know. He's like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. The B is just so absurd as the mech. It almost, it feels kind of like a cop out because at this point, like we're already building towards the point where he's like basically mad that she wants him to marry, that he thinks she wants him to marry Edwina. And I feel like we could have easily gotten there naturally with like just a few more, a little more, you know, we didn't need the yeah. B. The B felt like a, a force push those like last few meters when we would have just like, anyway. But I do feel it's like in some ways like Anthony, like- Anthony would have fought harder against the marriage if he like genuinely didn't want it you know what i mean but i'm saying he could have gotten to the point of wanting it i don't know that he ever would have let himself want it i don't know anyway it's almost time for the wedding um kate has spent the past like several weeks shopping with violet (laughs) what sorry if we forgot so they go off and they make out in a gazebo and oh yeah kate is like now scared oh well anthony is first like do you feel how much i want you feel like presses yeah he's like of course you don't you're such an innocent and i'm like classic historical like yeah classic yeah kate (laughs) is now scared that anthony is gonna wish that he'd married edwina and i'm like don't kate don't be scared like we all like I'm sitting here like this dummy. No, Kate, that that would have been the case if he had married Edwina. He would have been wishing he was marrying you. Like, yeah. let's not let's let's simmer down. And at the end of the chapter, like when Kate is like thinking, she's like, I'm glad that like, like I, she's like, I'm falling in love with him. Like, I'm glad they were getting married, but I'm also scared. And she has the line like, "Be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for. You just might get it." And I know that's like a famous quote, but all I could think of was like the Pussycat Dolls song. It's like, be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. You just might. <laughs> it's When I Grow Up by the Pussycat when Dolls. When I Grow Up. I want- oh, I mean, yeah. I don't remember yeah. that part. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, uh, but and that song did come out after. Initially, I was like, was Julia Quinn listening to the Pussycat Dolls while writing this book? But no, that song did come out well after this book. <laughs> yeah. So, unfortunately, did. Pussycat Dolls are not confirmed inspiration for Julia Quinn. <laughs> yeah, sad. We also get Kate doing the classic Bella Swan line of like, once I make a decision, there's no point in delaying it. And that's why she's like, okay, with the wedding being soon, because like that'll make the gossip die down faster too. So she spends the next few weeks like barely seeing Anthony, going shopping with 
with uh, Lady Bridgerton and for some reason Edwina and Mary like ditch her and make her go shopping with her mother mother-in-law but like whatever Edwina also this whole time is just like I fucking knew it I knew he was in love with you and Kate is like he's not fucking in love with me and Edwina's like yes he fucking is and like I just love again I love the trope where like everybody knows that these two dweebs are in love except for the two dweebs mm-hmm. it's just it's lovely yeah so Anthony is like sends her note he's like I'm gonna come to your house at four o'clock on like whatever day and Kate like doesn't tell Edwina and Mary so that she can be a with him and he comes in and basically explains he's like we are i'm never gonna love you like don't expect love don't fall in love with me like we're just gonna have hot sex and like we're gonna be friends but like this is definitely not gonna be love and anthony is like i'm a manly man and i can control my emotions and definitely not gonna fall i'm definitely not already in love with her she's also wearing like a lace cap oh yeah and anthony is like oh my god that cap is so fucking ugly which like i'm as much as i'm loath to agree with anthony like it's true like just <laughs> think if you want to know what this cap looks like it's just like picture any sort of the like the famous like pictures of jane austen like that ugly ass like lace like shower cap thing that she's sure. wearing this is bennett in bed like yeah, it's when Lydia just it's has run away with them. And Anthony like knocks it off her head and then Newton starts chewing on it. And she's like, that was my favorite cap. Like, I'm gonna make your mom, I'm gonna get your mom to buy me a new one. And Anthony is like, my mom would never let you buy something as ugly as that. Yeah. Am I right? And Kate was like, Yeah, like she wouldn't let me buy. <laughs> and Anthony's like, good. Yep. So they make out. Then he gives her an engagement ring, which was not a thing at this time <laughs> i mean the things that like looked like engagement rings like he gives her a ring it's like an emerald whatever like it's not just the plain gold band which was like but those were like the wedding rings like the fancy rings like you you didn't get an engagement ring you just had that fancy ring like as your wedding ring and then the guy didn't wear a wedding ring because like men don't wear wedding rings in the british aristocracy i don't know why and she's like oh this is such a pretty ring it's cute and anthony purr is purring at this point <laughs> cat scale and he's also like constantly like reliving his sex dream he's like constantly like oh my god i can't fucking wait to like reenact that like it's gonna be <laughs> amazing and anthony then leaves and he's like that went well and kate was like jesus fucking christ what the fuck was that dumbass saying like this whole time like oh my god like that was so fucking stupid but like he like was talking like that and i just love the like it's like very like the way it's placed in the book is like very comedic where like anthony is like that went great like wow so glad we're on the same page and then it flashes to kate being like what the fuck just happened (laughs) so flash forward like two days and it's the night before kate's wedding and she's chatting with Edwina, waiting for Mary to show up to give her the big sex talk. And Edwina, like, also thinks that she's going to be allowed to be part of this. But, like, why not? Like, I can't believe that Kate doesn't even tell Edwina. Like, what what is the point of having an older sister? Like, also, what was the logic? I, I don't know. I never, like, really questioned this. I just kind of assumed it was just, like, one of those, like, vague purity culture things. But, like, what was the logic of not telling women about sex until, like, right before their wedding? Is it the same thing as, like, the we can't make being a lesbian illegal because it will give them ideas? Like, is it the same as yeah. that? Yeah. Like – I don't make them in any way. You have to like scare them. You have to teach them like it's shameful or they'll like have sex and get pregnant and die before marriage. What as long as they're married, it's okay if they die. But like if not. (laughs) Yeah. I just don't and then I was but I was trying to Google this and I found something about how they used to think that like female orgasm was necessary for conception. Yeah. Which obviously it's not, but like I feel like those two things are like I feel like the whole like shame thing is like very incompatible with the like you need to get off to have kids, which is your number one duty. Like 
I mean, if true, good. Like, I, that should have stayed part of the medical yeah. literature because, like, <laughs> I feel like we'd be in a much better place just as a society if that was still, yeah, like, state of the art. <laughs> like, Agreed. <laughs> but, yeah, this whole time I was, like, screaming at the page. I was like, educate your daughters about sex. Like, come on. Let Edwina stay in. And then Mary doesn't even tell her. Yeah, Mary – well, Kate is like, well, I've seen animals fucking, so, like, I know the mechanics. And sure. Mary's like, whoo, glad I don't have to talk about that. So she's not as bad as, like, Violet in the first book where Violet mm-hmm. just, like, doesn't tell Daphne anything about yeah. anything. But Mary is still like, yeah, you have to be in love to orgasm. Like, men don't need to be in love to <laughs> orgasm, but, like, women do. And I'm like, Mary, <laughs> fuck off. Fuck right off with that. Like, yeah. Why don't you know what you should all do? No one should get married. You should go off to like a sex retreat in the countryside and all learn to masturbate. That's what I don't you all think, need to do. I don't, but see, I don't, I would quibble with that exact phrasing because more of what she says is like men can get off with like any woman, but like the, the man is like critical, which man it is, is like critical, which, and she doesn't just say like to, to orgasm. She's like for it to be like not unpleasant, you know what I mean? To be like at all like, Durable, yeah. like enjoyable because it seems like her first Mary's first husband was like really shitty and I feel like that's I mean that's well that's true to, to some extent no, for like but both she's partners like, there has like to you be need some your part- feeling I guess for the woman but I, I don't know, think that's that all she's thing. saying she's also saying they have to like not be a total asshole and, like- <laughs> yeah but like I don't know it w- but it was in comparison to the men thing she's like men can get it off with any woman yeah but women mm-hmm. can't get it off with any man man and I was like well neither of those is true <laughs> but anyway this instills a lot of doubt in Kate's head because she's like, is he going to be picturing someone else when they were right, yeah. having sex? And so they get married and then they're like in the coach on the way to their new house. And Kate is like, Anthony, do you mind if we like wait a week or something? And she's literally like, oh, he he's still smiling because he, he must not understand what I'm saying because he would obviously be mad if he understood. And then he finally does get it that she's like waiting, asking to wait to have sex. And he does get mad. And I'm like, sir, this is like the biggest – this is like literally like – it's like marital coercion. Like when your partner gets like angry at you, it's like a total like huge red flag. Like, and she's yeah. like, well, obviously he has every right to drag me off to bed. Like, no, he doesn't. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he gets concerned for a minute. He's like, oh, why do you feel this way? Has a man ever forced unwelcome att- attentions on you? And I'm like, yeah, you right now. <laughs> like, it's you, sir. You're the bad. He's like, I cannot wait a week. I simply cannot do it. And I'm like, all right, like, <laughs> dude. I feel like there's nothing that's going to make someone not want to have sex with you more than like every time they don't feel like it, you get angry. Yeah. Yeah. That's just to be fair, Kate, I mean, Anthony obviously doesn't know this, but Kate's perspective is less like, I don't yeah. want to have sex and more like I'm feeling insecure because I think he's like, because Mary has put this stupid doubt in my yeah. mind about him thinking of other ladies when we're fucking. So anyway, but they do obviously eventually fuck because obviously and anthony is like stripping and kate's like staring at him she's like oh my god a naked man and he's like you've never seen a naked man before have you and she's like no and he's like you'll never see another and i i really i know it's fucked up i know it's kind of fucked up but like i really love those kinds of lines (laughs) in historicals i just like really dig them (laughs) in historicals only not in contemporaries unless they're mafia romances sure but in historicals 100 percent. sure i like it usually for some reason my mind was still really stuck on the hypocrisy of like Anthony allegedly being a rake. I'm like, all right, why are you? Yeah, I don't know. Kate, Anthony is also at this point. He's like, this is going to be so good. I'm going to make sure that Kate is obsessed with me. Like, cause I'm so good in bed, but I am definitely no way Jose going to be obsessed with her. Absolutely not. Not going to go both ways. And I'm like, you are literally 
so dumb. I know. <laughs> You're just such a fool. But then he, Rachel, he crawled toward her like a feral <laughs> cat. And ladies and gentlemen, if you were wondering where my idea for the cat scale came to be, it was this line in this book in the very first romance I read as an adult. This was the line where I was like, a cat? And then I read more romance and I was like, a cat? <laughs> and like so many of the historical romance, particularly written around this era, were describing men as cats. And I was like, what is going on here? And this, this, my friends, this is the origin of the cat scale. This moment right here in this book. That line, he crawled toward her like a feral cat. Man. <laughs> He also later smiled slowly like a cat. <laughs> Do we get any mewling from Kate? No, but definitely a lot of growling and purring from Anthony. Mm -hmm. He also at one point he's like sexually taking off her gloves, but because she's wearing her rings over her gloves, he like takes off her rings and puts them between her boobs. And I just always get like, I know like it's supposed to be sexy, but and I know this is very me spe specific, but I always get like the bad shivers when oh yeah i'm like oh metal. metal on skin i don't it's like cold that. yeah like, mm. it's just gross no it's just like grody metal it's the same reason i don't like change like i just don't like yeah. touching change it's very like but they come from your fingers though i understand it has nothing to do with like, <laughs> yeah, the dirtiness. It's, it's just different. like the warm metal no no i'm saying you're feeling it on your finger yeah i know what you mean it's just I don't um like so this first time they have sex Time for magical penetration only orgasm. The first time she has oh sex, God. all we get from Anthony is one of his hands, like a little flick. Like he, he like just touches her briefly. once. Yeah. yeah. He never, He's, yeah. He explores her mouth with lips and tongue. And I was like, where are the teeth? Where are the teeth, <laughs> Anthony? Where are the lips and teeth and tongue? Yeah. And he's also like, I know it's definitely going to hurt the first time and i'm like no it only hurts the first time if she's not aroused enough the mm. vagina is a muscle it's a muscle if you warm it up unless he has a monster cock but this also brings me to the point in which anthony is like i do appreciate that he is like going very slowly and he like tickles her to like try to make it not hurt but ugh, we got the good old-fashioned and again this is like very like historicals written around this time mm. and earlier of where he like goes in and he's like i could feel my dick against her hymen against her maiden head oh yeah and i'm like bro no you cannot <laughs> no you absolutely cannot fuck right off like what are you doing <laughs> But like it's that's a classic. And then they're fucking they're really going at it. And Anthony calls Kate beautiful. And Kate immediately is like, oh, my God, he must be picturing someone else because I'm not beautiful. And Anthony's like, what? What? What is going on? Why are you crying? And then she's like, you called me beautiful. Are you picturing Edwina? And Anthony's oh like, gosh. are you fucking kidding me? And then he gives her this whole speech about how he's like had the hots of her forever. And he says, I burn for you and justice for Anthony for having his line stolen by Simon in Bridgerton Netflix because Simon never fucking says I burn for you in the book. Anthony is the one that says it. And now his phrase has been co-opted by very, very hot Ray J. Jean Page. Jeez. Rude. Justice for Anthony. Rude. He had his line stolen. But yeah, then they they both come because, of course, she came from penetration the first time she yep. had sex with absolutely no other stimulation nope. besides kissing of any yep. time. And I do like this role reversal because I feel like often in historicals, it's always like the girl who's like sleepy after sex, who like just curls into a side and like falls asleep. But like this time it's Anthony 
and Kate is like, are we done yet? And Anthony is like, oh, my fucking God. Amazing. <laughs> like, she has such a sexual appetite. And he's like, for now, like, we're going to take a nap and then we're going to go back at it. So we now, like, sort of get, like, a little slideshow of, like, the next few weeks of them being married when basically Anthony completely ditches Kate all day every day <laughs> to go hang out at his club and do nothing. Um, and pretend Kate- that he's not in love with her. <laughs> Uh, but they like meet up at night to go to balls and stuff and, and like up. Lady Whistledown is like he's totally in love with her. He always like dances with her way more than necessary. But I also there's the one scene that's cute where she's like he like nearly knocked over this like old lady in his haste to like get to Kate. You know, oh, he's yeah. like uh-huh. bowling through the crowd. <laughs> yeah. And Kate's just like meeting all these like visitors and stuff and like hanging out with her family. And Edwina comes to visit her one day and this just like made me realize like just how much Kate completely loses interest in gatekeeping whom Edwina dates slash marries as soon as she gets Anthony. Like she's just like so – I don't know. And Edwina had previously said that she wants to marry a scholar and she has now met a nice scholar at the house party. And Edwina's like, yeah, I'm actually like so relieved that you are now married rich because that means I can like not have as much pressure on me. Yeah. And Kate's like, oh, wow, I didn't realize. Like, she does feel guilty. His name also, so Edwina's suitor is Mr. Bagwell. He is an archaeologist who has been to Greece multiple times. And I'm like, yeah, but how much should he take? How, 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 how much thievery are we talking, Edwina? Like, this archaeologist coming back from Greece, like, did he perchance help bring the Elgin marbles over? Like, is that, is that the level that we're talking about? Like, Mr. Bagwell, colonizer, TM? Yeah. God. Edwina is talking about how she's in love with her colonizer boyfriend, Mr. Bagwell, who's a nice guy, but also steals a lot of antiquities. <laughs> That's canon. And Anthony rolls in and just like basically like adopts Edwina. He's like, yep, you're my new sister. And I was just we like, just, you? Yeah. We're gonna, we just had a sexy between you and Kate. And I just like can't yeah. help thinking about how you were planning on fucking Edwina like not two weeks I know. ago. <laughs> it just seems so icky. He's like, yeah, hey, sis. Like, and he does, to his credit, He d- he's planning to give her a dowry because he was originally planning to give Kate a dowry yeah. when he was planning to marry Edwina. He's like, I'll be so – am I not magnanimous? But like, yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? You're, like, coming in here, this, like, 17-year-old that you previously had your sights set on. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah. God. But yeah, he came home. He was like, I don't know why I came home. Like, it's just so weird. Like, I want to hang out with my wife. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, so Edwina leads, leaves and Anthony's like, I'm going to provide a dowry for her. Like, I'm going to, like, treat her as, like, my own sister. And Kate, like, is really happy. And Anthony is just, like, such a little boy. Like, he's, like, so proud of himself for making mm-hmm. Kate happy. He's like, oh, yeah. well done. <laughs> yeah. Also, just as a side note, he mentions – or, like, they mentioned that Eloise and Edwina have become fast friends. Does that ever come back in Eloise's book? Does Edwina, no. like, ever – no. No. Okay. So, like, also, fast Eloise friends. is very different. I noticed – I mean, I noted this earlier, and I make a note of it later. Eloise is very different in the book – than she is in the show you know like Eloise in the book is very excited about coming out like she explicitly earlier like in the ball scene in the music house scene she's like yeah it's so great my mom's letting me come to this music house so I can like get a chance get a taste of society before I officially come out next year and then like later on like her and Kate interact and she's like much more childlike even though she's the same age as Edwina she's very much like yeah haha, I was spying on Anthony like it was so fun like woohoo you know what I mean? It's just completely antithetical to Eloise 
in the that's show probably at this because age. she was like allowed to be a child yeah well no but um, that's that's just what i'm saying i mean eloise in the show is very i mean I, th- I think it also doesn't help that she's played by someone who like very clearly is not a 17 year old <laughs> but she's much more like eloise like smokes in the show yeah <laughs> she's like smoking things on the reg <laughs> and is like feminism for all and like in the in the book at, at this age i mean eloise like later on in her own book is definitely closer to like how she is in the show yeah but right now she's very like happy go lucky i want i can't wait to like go to balls and parties and like get married and like whatever i remember thinking that and when i read eloise's book that she was like very different in the book than how she like yeah. than how i would have expected her book to be that's why i'm team Elo- give eloise a girlfriend in the show i'm just like yeah. it just absolutely does not make sense that eloise of the show would like want to like would be attracted to a man i just yeah. like eloise in the show is a lesbian like i yeah i I don't make the fucking rules it's just like if you didn't want her to be a lesbian you shouldn't have written her to be a lesbian yeah like i'm sorry i don't make the rules if she gets a pixie cut in season three like we know which way the wind is blowing (laughs) and benedict to get a boyfriend just because it'd be way better than the sophie plot line Mm -hmm. god make the bridgertons gay statistically it doesn't make sense for them all to be straight that's all i'm saying yeah like one in ten people are gay doesn't make sense just like swap, like Eloise and Sophie and Benedict can go putz off to the country with whatever the fuck his name was. No, here's my thing. Here's my here's my wish for Eloise's season. It's all the same. So we still get like that sound of music element, but it's Philip's heretofore unmentioned sister. So both Philip and Mar- Marina are dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Philip's sister is like this cool, funky single aunt who has been forced to like raise her niece and nephew. Or Philip dies instead of Marina. Like that's even simpler. Yeah, but then Marina's still in the picture. Yeah, Marina and Eloise get together. No, I don't like that. Marina was an annoying character. I don't like her enough mm. for her to be. Also, she's just too straight. I just don't get gay vibes from Marina. Yeah, I guess. But Philip's her- heretofore unnamed lesbian sister on the other hand <laughs> so both philip and marina die then eloise like she's academic like she's interested in stuff she's been corresponding with philip this whole time talking about like botany and then philip's heretofore unnamed sister starts writing back after philip dies and just doesn't tell her and so they like really really bond over like these letters and then like she rolls up and then Philip's lesbian sister is like, oh, my God, like, I didn't expect you to discover that I was a woman. And Eloise just, like, hangs out with her. And then they fall in love and, like, raise two children together. So Ladies Guide, Celestial Mechanics. They don't raise children in Ladies Guide. Oh, yeah, I guess. But the like, finding out This is a, a sound of music plot. It's a sound of music plot. Mm-hmm. But with lesbians. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. We'll pitch it. Pitch it to the producers. Yes. At the creators of Bridgerton. At Shonda Rhimes. You know where to find me at we read it one night at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hit me up. <laughs> okay. I will write the whole season for you. Yeah. So back to the drawing room. Anthony has now decided that for some reason he needs to start chugging tea. Oh, no, no, no. This is like another day, right? He like he's no, like at this his club. is the same time. He's at his club and he comes no, home. This oh, is yeah, when he, he already back. came home early. Yeah. He's decided that for some reason he needs to like chug the tea to get it out of the out of the way so that he can like grab Kate and start like and like you know, start making Make out, out with her. her. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And so he's like chugging it. They like have sex in the drawing room. He still doesn't go down on her even once. <laughs> he does at least finger her. We do get some fingering. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Some, there's, so there's some 
you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but then there's curled up together at night and there is a thunderstorm and Kate starts having a nightmare and Anthony is very cute and he keeps trying to cover her ears so she doesn't hear it. But uh-huh. like she does. And she has like a nightmare and she sits up in bed and she's like, Mama, no. And like she's Don't having a panic leave. attack. Yeah. And like they very explicitly said multiple times that Kate doesn't call Mary Mama, which I was like a little peeved about. But like I was like, oh, I yeah. guess it's necessary in this case because like Kate needs to know or Anthony needs to know that she's like talking about Mm -hmm. her birth mother and not Mary yeah and Mary always goes out of her way to be like even though I'm not your real mother I always try to be a mother to you I always you're you're I always treat you like my daughter even though you're not my daughter you just need to know you're not my daughter and I get where she's coming from like she she like is trying to keep Kate's mother's memory alive and like she goes and visits her like gravestone and everything and like talks to her but I don't know. I feel like there's another way that could have been communicated besides yeah, like, just yeah. so you know, you're not my daughter. I love you. like a- You're not my daughter, though. You're not. <laughs> I love you like one. But listen, we're not related in any way. <laughs> uh, no confusion yeah. on this issue. Yeah. Yeah. So Anthony is like, bro, you had a nightmare. And Kate is like, it's time to confront Mary about my childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. And so Mary's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you still get upset over thunderstorms. Like I would have told you this a long time ago. I just thought that you were over it. So there was no point like rehashing old trauma. So Mary wasn't there for this, but Kate's dad told her. And for some reason, even I guess he must have been like a really good storyteller because like the effect that it has on Mary, like she's like crying, you know, like she's like really traumatized, even though she didn't witness this. But she's like, it was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> Your mother was dying of lung disease. It wasn't a gentle death. Lung disease often isn't. And this is what I thought throughout COVID. I read this at the beginning of COVID and I just remember being oh, like, oh yeah. my God, yeah, it's not a gentle death. Oh, People yikes. get vaccinated. Um, get wear vaccinated, your masks. mask up, socially distance. N95s, baby. And encourage your local officials to put quarantine measures into effect. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. It's not a gentle death. Um, I'm very sorry to anyone and who's lost. Listen, yeah. Julia Quinn knows what she's fucking talking about because her husband is like a uh, a is doctor, it, is right? an epidemiologist. No, he's just specifically in like pandemics. Like he, oh, really? like he's like on the fucking like presidential board or something for like this. Like he's like a super oh, wow. expert specifically in pandemics. He's a physician specializing in infectious diseases. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yep. Also a junior Olympic fencer. <laughs> what a he thing to like continue. What a thing to continue telling people about yourself. <laughs> At the he age of like 50, whatever. I don't oh, know, that's, that's, that's more impressive. But like junior Olympic. Like, I'm sorry, that's cool, but like, that's not something I would want to put in my bio at the age of like 55. Like, <laughs> whatever. That's like won the award for most Bible verses memorized. And Julia <laughs> Quinn has a lot of cool little medical tidbits in her books uh-huh. because her husband's like a super hot shot like doctor. The fact that you can develop an allergy after, and it's often apparently more common to develop a bee sting allergy after being stung once. And one of the later Bridgerton books has a malaria plot line, which is also an infectious disease. Mm-hmm. And so Mary's like, your mother was dying. You were only three years old. So they tried to keep you away from her, but you like really missed her. You wanted to know what was going on. So when they no one was paying attention, you snuck into her room and it was thunderstorming. And then right as the biggest, longest lightning strike hit the sky, your mother sat up and it looked like the sound was coming from her mouth. And she was staring right at you, and then she died. Also, and you Kat, were- <laughs> Kate was like fighting the whole time. They were like, "Get out of yeah. the room!" And she was like freaking no, out. No. So it was like really, you know, tense. right? Yeah. And at, ever since then, you were like afraid of, of thunderstorms. And Kate's like, "Wow, thank you for telling me. I feel like that was really important for me to know. I feel better." Anthony is like, 
he, I'd had no idea that Kate had any sense of her own mortality. <laughs> I wrote that down too. Most people didn't. And just <laughs> Anthony added again. Like, dude. <laughs> he literally thinks that every thought that graces his like royal brain is like the most is original and no one else can ever have had the same thought. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, most people don't think about dying every – but yeah, because Kate's explicitly like, whenever there is a thunderstorm, I always feel like there's no way I can live through this panic yeah, attack. Uh-huh. And Anthony is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? It's just so shocked. But he also realizes now, to make up for him being just such a dummy, he realizes he's in love with her now. Mm-hmm. And then he panics naturally because, you know, he's a man and he's like, I can't handle these feelings. What's going on? And they have hot sex. But then afterward, Kate is like, oh, I'm so glad that we get to have this like always and forever. And Anthony hears the word forever. And he's like, shit. <laughs> fuck mm-hmm. like i'm gonna die in nine years and he runs away <laughs> yeah and so he's like a little bit jealous of her too <laughs> because he's like yeah. oh like my i still have my trauma and i can't even i don't i don't even have someone to blame like i wish i could blame someone but like it's just a fucking bee and <laughs> <laughs> and he also i have several notes on this sex scene which once again is just like penetration only simultaneous magical simultaneous climaxes but whatever he's like if he could have drawn her i don't understand like eating like i feel like in historicals especially like the going down on her scenes are so are like always like some of the hottest scenes i feel like yeah was that just like not a thing did they not like realize that was like an option no it definitely was because like the Wallflowers came out only like a few years after this. And there's mm. absolutely – and I'm pretty sure in like Lord of Scoundrels came out before this. Also, yeah, I've definitely read books that have come out before this and around the same time. I think it just goes down to the fact that Julia Quinn is not a super steamy author, which is fine. Julia like, Quinn might just be like hashtag blessed and not realize that this is like rare. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Good for her. But Anthony is like – if he could have drawn her within him, he would have done it and kept her there forever. And that's kind of some odd imagery there, Anthony. And it really reminds me – I know you haven't read this book, but in American Gods, which I do not I recommend. I have read that book. What are you talking about? You have read the whole thing, American yeah. Gods? I listened to the audiobook. Oh, it's so fucking boring. But you've I read know. it? I listened to okay. it in London on my it's commute so to school. <laughs> boring. I would not recommend it. However, there's that one – I forget if she's like Egyptian or something. I forget like what kind of goddess she is, but her whole thing is like posing as a um, – sex worker and then like basically sucking up the men through her hoo-ha and like oh, slurping them up she's excellent. like worshipy and that's the imagery i get here like it's just like a little weird there anthony do you know what i got so have you ever heard of tampon gate mm, what is that okay so tampon gate was a scandal between prince charles and camilla oh yeah in which there was like a recording of that like a letter like some sort of like conversation between them was leaked in which Prince Charles was essentially like, I wish I could be your tampon and like just be oh, carried yeah. around in your vagina like the whole time. And everyone was like, what the fuck? And I even to it. this day, I'm like, what the fuck? Her tampon? Like, I get Jesus it. Christ. I get it. Yeah. Anyway, but like <laughs> that's weird. what it reminded Like Anthony wants to be Kate's tampon. <laughs> oh, my God. No, but he wants – he doesn't want to be inside her. He wants to like slurp her He up. wants Kate to be his butt plug. <laughs> Can I just say that when you said tampon gate, there were two other things that I immediately thought of. One was like, do you remember in high school or I don't know, you were in high, I, don't, I was in high school, you were maybe in high school 
when there was like that thing about like people getting drunk by soaking tampons and vodka. That was my first thought. And then I was thinking about the NASA tampon situation mm. where they were like trying to send 100 tampons up with like for tampons. one week. <laughs> they sent a woman into space <laughs> with 100 tampons. <laughs> Which like ridiculous. But would I rather have 100 tampons than like – you know, not enough tampons. Yeah. Well, question say. for you. In space, thing there's no gravity, right? In yeah. So mm. would you even leak or would it just yeah. like stay up there? It's a great point. Because I feel I like know. your uterus could definitely hold that much blood. Mm-hmm. Like it would eventually need to come out. Mm-hmm. But it could, it definitely doesn't need to capacity well, wise. But I don't think it's just like gravity. Why? Because what are cramps? Aren't they like mini contractions? Like it is like pushing it down. Well, here's the thing. I do know explicitly that when I am asleep, my tampon is always significantly, even during the heavier Mm -hmm. days of my period, my tampon is always significantly Mm -hmm. less soaked when I'm asleep than it is Mm -hmm. during the day. Let me look it up. I don't even know how to like phrase this Googling question though. Like I tried like (laughs) – does it fall out or get pushed out during your period? Is blood like does it? But I thought the okay. How does it with, get out with cramps? I thought cramps were just like practice ca- contractions. I don't think they were. They're like specifically for the blood. I thought they were just like practice contractions. Well, but think about what's going on. It's it's the lining and it needs to get like pushed out. So the same thing. It's like yeah. getting it's pushing it out, right? I don't know. But don't that doesn't explain like for example why I don't practice. What do you mean? What do you mean practice contractions? Like for for when you actually give birth. No, oh, no I'm sorry. That's Braxton Hicks. <laughs> Braxton yeah. Hicks is practice contractions. Yeah, no, you're not just I like don't know, practicing. But, but it also doesn't explain like, again, like I've never had cramps. No, I'm, I'm sure you've had the contractions. It just hasn't hurt. Like it hasn't been bad enough, which is like normal. It's like how it's worse know. for some people. It's worse for some people, no. people than others when you actually give birth. Sure. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anthony is also like, yeah, he's like, I can't wait. I can't make this good for you. Okay, Anthony. Like, all right. But still, when they climaxed, it was fiery and it was simultaneous. Of course. Despite Anthony, no effort. I guess his just. And then he ditches her. I don't know. Wait. Wait. Plot twist. Anthony has a spur. Yes, that's what I was thinking. I was like, that's what he needs. Like, <laughs> Anthony has a micro penis that goes up against her clitoris. That's a thing. You know who a has double? a mic- you know who has two penises? Who? Stanley Eldridge, who played Prince Harry in the lifetime version of William and Catherine: A Royal Romance. <laughs> and because Kara Kara and I watched that movie and we were like, oh, this actor is kind of cute. So we looked up his name, and the first thing that came up when we looked him up was like, I have two penises. <laughs> I am not finding anything about that. For Stanley Eldridge that he's taken no. it down. It was public information. <laughs> it was the first Google search result. Oh, man. I don't know why I'm laughing. That's like He that's, had two penises. No, but he was like in the article. He was like, yeah, it's great. Like whatever. Like I, I have two dicks. It's like one – it's like one and a half dick. He has like a micro sure, penis sure. and a regular penis. So I'm yeah, saying – can happen. I'm saying Anthony, what if he has a micro penis and a regular penis? And that's why he never has to stimulate Honestly, Kate's clit because he has a little sperm. Yeah. Good for him. I mean, if you can get the job done with no effort, I'm just like very much doubting his yeah. ability to get the job done with no effort. But maybe his dick just like hits the G Work spot. smarter, not that's harder. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's obviously what has to be happening. That's the only way you're going to get a penetration. Well, only. unless he has or a unless it's like Right, right. I know, I know. But that's what I'm saying. Maybe like Julia Quinn slash Kate is just like super lucky. Yeah. 
All right. Anyway, Anthony's running away. Eloise the next morning sends Kate a note and she is like, come and get your man. Yeah. (laughs) He's here. Like he's being a fucking loser. Yeah. And she rolls up. And yeah, this is also another situation in which Eloise feels a lot younger than she does in the show. And like mm-hmm. a lot younger than Edwina, who like is theoretically mm-hmm. the same age. Because Eloise is like, yeah, I was spying on Anthony and I was like waiting for him to come out and like all this, blah, 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 blah. And she just seems very much like, like she's 12 here, mm-hmm. like not 17. But yeah, they Kate goes in, wakes drunk ass Anthony up. And she's like, can we just fucking talk about this? And Anthony is like, no. Oh, he... ironically might i say asks for quote just a few days before he tells kate which we roll back the tape to when she was like can we wait a few days before having sex and he's like no and he gets so angry which like red flag in real life do not stand for that um that is abusive yeah anyway yeah i'm like sir like you really have the nerve and she doesn't call him out on it but like she really should have (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so Anthony's like, our, Kate's like, whatever. She's like, fuck you. Like, whatever. I'm going home. Like, this is annoying. Mm-hmm. And Kate goes home, and then Anthony's like brooding in his club, and Colin and, and Benedict roll out, and they're like, LOL, did Kate kick you out of your house? And Anthony's like, no. What? And then Colin is like eating like some like nuts and like cracking them to like make Anthony's head hurt, but he's like <laughs> eating them like very loudly and like chewing with his mouth open. And I was like, Rachel. You do that to me, but, like, I don't think it's on purpose. I think you just, like, do that to me. It's horrible. I don't eat nuts that often. No, not just nuts. You just eat anything and you're like, (laughs) God. Anyway, Benedict and Colin are both like, bro, just fucking tell her that you love her. Like, why are you being so stupid? Mm -hmm. And Anthony's like, well, I guess. I guess. Mm -hmm. Fine. Yes, I'm in love with her. And then he, like, runs Mm -hmm. off to tell her. He's like, I... I'm still going to die, but I might as well spend the rest of my life. You know, I wasn't planning to fall in love, but now that I have, I might as well spend it loving her, quote, openly and honestly, end quote. And what what year did The Bachelor come out? 2001. Oh, so this predates that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Julie Quinn, really, she's like inspiring The Bachelor, the Pussycat Dolls. She's really a, <laughs> a trendsetter. Well, be careful what you wish for is not. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> But I do really – it's like all those people who like when Ariana Grande came out with like seven rings or whatever, people were like claiming that like favorite things was like yeah. a ripoff. And I was like, ma'am, <laughs> ma'am, do not insult Julie Andrews like this and, or Rodgers and Hammerstein. Anyway, at this point I am like – I am very proud of Anthony for like unlearning his like toxic masculinity and like realizing that it's okay to have feelings and it's like okay to like be scared and like all of this shit and like you just need to be like open and vulnerable. And I'm like good for you, Anthony. Like mm-hmm. probably would have been better if you got a therapist but like you got there in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then he goes home. Kate's not home. She's on a horse – a curicle ride with Mr. Bagwell, the colonizer, Edwina and in, in Rotten Row. Anthony goes on a dramatic ass horse sprint to like rush to Rotten Row to tell Kate that he loves her. And then he has to rescue her from a dramatic ass carriage crash <laughs> oh <my laughs> like God. that happens in the in the park. And like Kate is stuck in the carriage and she has a broken leg and he has to pull her out. And as he's pulling her out, he's like, he's like, it's not her time. No. And Kate is just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like what are you talking about? And also like as the carriage crashes, it's like. And Anthony, who had just learned to love, had to watch as his wife died before his eyes. And I'm like, 
Jesus yeah, Christ, uh, Anthony. She's not fucking dead. Like, chill out. <laughs> but he's like taking her out. And Kate is like, why the fuck are you being so dramatic? Like, what are you talking about? And Anthony is like, oh, I love you. And she's like, good. And here's my thing about the carriage cross. I feel it's like on the tip of my brain that there is a reason for the carriage crash. That the carriage crash is necessary. And I feel it in my bones. But I can't articulate. Like it does. It feels like it's necessary to like. In terms of not. Because Anthony's already realized that he loves her. But like I guess in terms of like. Him overcoming this like. Mortality complex he has. Of like experiencing like. Near death in this way. Like it's a shock to the system. Like I don't know. I'm having trouble articulating it. But it does feel even though it's super dramatic feel necessary yeah i mean i feel like i don't know like i think it just gives kate the opening to be like i could die next week i could die whenever like you can't you know we, yeah. we, it's all like a fluke like just because your dad yeah. died young i could have died you know like that wouldn't mean that you would yeah. die but she already gets that with like her when she's like she's like my mom died when i was three. right like my mom died when i she was my age like are you saying right. that i should like die this year and Anthony right. is like what and Kate's but like, no one else loves their parents as much as i love my parents no. so obviously not <laughs> i'm a one of a kind <laughs> yeah anyway, okay so anyway they go home kate has broken her leg anthony gets three doctors and is like super antsy antsy about like he's like what if she loses her leg like oh my god <laughs> and kate is like can you just please simmer down for like five mm-hmm. seconds and tell me why the fuck you were being so dramatic when you were rescuing me from the carriage crash <laughs> like what's up with that and anthony is like yeah, well, I'm definitely going to die by the time I'm 38. You know, he says it in a much more, like, emotional, like, mm-hmm. I miss my papa way. But basically, it boils down to I'm going to die. And Kate is like, oh, you're so stupid, but I love you anyway, <laughs> basically. <laughs> She's like, listen, like, <laughs> my mom's dead. I'm not going to die this year. Also, like, but she also is like, night. like, she doesn't shame him. She isn't like, oh, yeah. you're crazy, which is like what Anthony was like afraid of, which is why he's never told anyone because he's like, they're going to think I'm crazy. And she's like, I mean, I think that's totally, that's like a valid fear. An understandable reaction. Yeah. But also ridiculous. Yeah. But she's like, I mean, I think you're wrong. But like, also, there's like no way, like, we'll find out in 10 years if you're dead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, I, until then, like, there's no point letting it run your life. And Anthony is like, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, you don't have to get past it. Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, they're just cute in bed together and they can't have sex. Well, and apparently Anthony, like, doesn't understand that, like, they don't have to have, like, penetrative sex. He can just, like, you know. Well, I took issue with that because, like, he's like, oh, well, we're not going to fuck today. But, like, duh, we're going to fuck tomorrow. And I'm like, she just broke her leg. Like, let her, like, stop it. I recognize. But, like, also, I don't know. I, I just feel like – I can't remember what exactly about it it was. But, like, if she had been like, oh, no, we can do other stuff. Like, let's do it. Okay, one that's one thing. Yeah. But it was Anthony who was like, no, no, don't worry. We'll be back on the horse tomorrow. But the problem <laughs> is, is that Anthony – she doesn't know about the other stuff. Like, Anthony has never once introduced right. her to the other stuff. He probably doesn't he know. he down on her. He doesn't know because he has the spur, so he doesn't I need know. to know. <laughs> I know. Although, as yeah. I said before, I don't really understand how the spur would work unless it, like, vibrates or something. But whatever. And then it would be really annoying because it would be like going on. Okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> we don't have to whatever. Um, we also find out that she's been taking she's been taking flute lessons that weren't oh, yeah. mentioned until a few chapters ago, just random flute lessons. Well, they were mentioned and, at the beginning as well. Oh, were they? Well, he, and yeah. she's like, everyone told me I had to have started as a child to get truly good. 
And I, yeah, anyway, whatever. I don't know what my point was with that. Well, in the epilogue, they like, Lady Wissadon's writing a column about how Anthony has now also (laughs) learned to play an instrument badly. And like, it's his 39th birthday. And they like put on a concert and like their son stands up and is like, mom, dad, shut the fuck up. Like this suck. You guys suck. (laughs) And so it's just like a running gag throughout. Like they're both just like really bad at playing instruments, but like they don't care. Like they're just like having fun. And it's like nice. Like Anthony learning to like find joy and like not be just like a brooding mess all the time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Anthony turns 39 in the epilogue and um, they're both like, wow, amazing. You didn't die. Mm -hmm. I'm yep. shocked. <laughs> yep. Then we get the second epilogue and it's just like another Palmel game and they're still battling it out over the Mount of Death. And we get we get a mention. I think this is when Anthony's like I'm going to tie you up and Kate's like I don't know that I would mind that. Mm-hmm. And then we don't get to see it. And I'm like Julia, please. <laughs> please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> please. <laughs> I know. Unfortunately not. But they're still very cute 15 years later. Mm-hmm. And they have four children. Mm-hmm. And the first one is Edmund. Classic. <laughs> but Kate gets to tell Edwina it's named after her. <laughs> it's, like a, I'm tell, it's a double whammy. It's perfect. Oh, my God. It's like she ideal. does name her um, their last kid. She names her Mary because Mary's dead by the time that rolls around. I don't know why Sad. Mary dies so young, but like she does. Everyone dies young and yet – when it's convenient, them dying young is like tragic. Well, when it's canon. Also, when it's convenient, it's like obviously they were so old they died. <laughs> like, yeah. But we do get a canon statement from Julia Quinn of the author's note that Anthony lives until 92. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Anthony gets to ride on a train. Exciting times. <laughs> he lives long enough. Yeah. And his kids get to be – his Edmund gets to be a duke when he's like – what what what's the math on that? Like a viscount, a vi. Well, it's no, a, a viscount. Yeah, I'm sorry, viscount. Edmund doesn't get to be a viscount until he's like 68. <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, can you step down? What? Can you step down or no? Can you step down and leave it to your son? I think you like retire. Like no, the queen I think can step once down. You have it. You have it for life, but you can refuse to accept it. I mean, it's like a big, complicated process, and I'm pretty sure it costs a lot of money for you to be like, no, I don't want it. Give it to the next person in line. But once you have it, it can't be taken away. Yeah, I guess if you had the option, it could also be like taken away to be – like you'd be threatened. Yeah. 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 Once you have okay. it, it can't be taken away, but you can refuse. Like in certain circumstances, you can mm-hmm. refuse to accept it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is a momentous occasion. We're doing the Catskill on the book that started it all. <laughs> what are we thinking? I mean, honestly, I recognize that it started it all, but I didn't really get super strong cat vibes. Besides the fact that Anthony is compared several times explicitly yeah. to a cat. Well, first of all, <laughs> her name is presumably like short for something. You know, it's like Catherine probably. It's Catherine Kathleen. Sheffield. Specifically Catherine. Said. Yeah, yeah. But she chooses to go by Kate instead mm-hmm. of Cat. So that's like already, you know, a missed opportunity there. yeah yeah and i don't feel like as much as they were both like grumpy and like enemies to lovers i don't think either of them was a cat anthony is like a rescue dog that just needs some like gentle love to like be sweet you know what i mean no anthony is like a fucking he's a traumatized rescue dog that used to be in in and dog no, fighting. He's like a he's like a purebred Pomeranian who like accidentally gets <laughs> left behind in the move and is like <laughs> like and just like 
won't accept. It's like, why the fuck am I at a shelter? Like, get me away from these plebeians. Like, demands its own cage. And it's like. (laughs) What's Kate? Kate's a corgi. No, I don't know. No, Kate's um, a big dog. Kate's like a golden yeah, retriever or something. Kate's like a labradoodle. Or like or she's like a German shepherd. She's like smart, mm-hmm. but like also like friendly. A, yeah, maybe like a black lab. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, six. Five. Did you delay? No. It was at the same so time. delayed from my end. It was like six. We said it at the same five. time. <laughs> I believe you. It's just so delayed. Um. Yeah. So 5.5. 5. Nice. Slightly above average. Ha. Ha 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 ha. I tricked you. <laughs> oh no. Into doing a point 0.5 again. <laughs> so Allison, where can they find us? Well, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at We Read It One Night, on Twitter at We Read It Podcast, or you can email us, We Read It One Night at gmail.com. And you can also send us your love and devotion in the form of a rating and or a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. But specifically and newly on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yeah. Spotify lets you review now, so uh, no excuse, babes. Five (laughs) stars, that stuff. Please, lovelies, comrades, join the revolution. We are dismantling the patriarchy one cat (laughs) at a time. Godspeed. Godspeed, comrades. (laughs) 